Hello, my dear friends. This is Dan Jones, and I want to share this quiet talk with you that it comes from my heart, and I do believe it comes from God's Word, and I pray that it will reach your consciousness and reach your heart today, that you will have ears to hear. Over the last few weeks, I have observed efforts by religious clergy to drag Jesus Christ into the current national argument over what our response should be to COVID-19. Would Jesus wear a mask? Would he get vaccinated? These individuals are absolutely certain they know the answer to these questions. Let me just say that trying to appropriate the words of Jesus to bolster your position on some such contemporary conflict is a dicey enterprise at best. We have a fatal tendency to think that whatever we're currently obsessed with must be what's on God's mind as well. Nothing could be further from the truth. What's trending on social media is not necessarily what's important to God right now. As a matter of fact, I would venture to say that what's popular online is never what God is concerned about. The picture of Jesus painted by far too many in our country today is of a Mr. Rogers-like figure who would never hurt anybody's feelings, who would never say anything that opposed the conventional wisdom. Much more dangerous than open atheism is the sin of making God in our own image. We want a non-threatening Jesus who never makes anybody feel uncomfortable. In other words, we are idolaters. Assuming he's just like us and thinks like we do is a form of utter blasphemy. So today, instead of speculating on what Jesus would say about issues he never addressed, I would like to talk about something he addressed quite strongly for which there is an absolute parallel with the day in which we're living. The first words out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ when he began his ministry are just as directly applicable to our culture as they were to his. Repent, for the rule of God is here. I believe with all my heart that if Jesus appeared on the scene right now in the flesh, he would have very little to say about how to, quote, manage the pandemic. He wouldn't even mention masks or vaccines. I believe his message would be the same as it was 2,000 years ago. Repent. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, or as I have put it, the rule of God is here. Jesus Christ embodied the rule of God. Everything he did and said flowed from his absolute submission to the Father. I personally find it rather sad that I have to define the word repent, but I guess I'd better do so. When God tells us to repent, he is saying, you are wrong, you are living wrong, and you must turn around immediately. You're headed in a direction that will lead you to hell. He doesn't tell us to think it over and come back next week. He commands us to repent right now. 
Some of you might be thinking, hell, really, Dan? My only response is that this talk is about what Jesus said. And Jesus said more about hell than anybody else in the New Testament. Before I go on, I should mention one thing. While masks and vaccines are not mentioned in the Bible, epidemics are. The common Bible word is pestilence, although the word plague is sometimes found with this general meaning. Now, I'm not going to do a study on this topic here, but suffice it to say that in every case where pestilence is mentioned, it comes as God's judgment on sin. I'm sure many people think it's quaint or corny to talk about sin. Jesus didn't think so. Listen to his words in Matthew 15, 19, and 20, a passage which, interestingly, starts with an argument about whether you should wash your hands before you eat. He said, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are the things which defile the man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile the man. All of these sins listed here are rampant in our society. But I'm going to highlight one area that preachers avoid like the plague these days, no pun intended. Let me quote here, not from Jesus himself, but from his greatest exponent, the greatest Christian teacher and missionary in all of Christian history, in my view. His name was Paul. He wrote, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. We have come, even in the church, to accept as okay sins that are absolutely condemned throughout Holy Scripture. Sex is actually a sacred thing created by God to reproduce children made in His image. But we have perverted it, thrown off all restraints, and we now see sex as recreation, something that is just a matter of our gratification wherever, however, and with whomever we want. We think we are liberated when in reality we are slaves to passion. The consequences of our immorality are everywhere to be seen. The suicide rate among young people standing at the threshold of life has never been higher. Domestic and sexual abuse, which dramatically increase when marriage is disdained, are also at an all-time high. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. My precious friends listening to my voice right now, if you think this pandemic has been bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. I have studied the Bible for over 50 years. 
if anything in it is true, and I believe it is all true, then God will have to apologize to many past wicked civilizations if he does not severely deal with us. Our only hope is top-to-bottom repentance. Repentance, which I may add, must start in the pulpit. But that's not what we've seen. Instead, our response has been, and this includes Christians, to look to doctors, to look to the government and say, fix it quick. Fix it so we can get back to living life our way, so we can get back to our lives without God, without faith, without repentance. We want to get back to our lives that are filled with greed, hatred, and insatiable lust. In the face of pestilence and worse things to come, perchance we had better fall on our faces before God and repent of our sin and look to the cross of Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. Let me sum up by using the words with which Jesus summed up his own ministry. What did he say when he looked back on what he had done and said? Did he say, you know, I've I've healed a lot of sick folks, and I've made people feel better about themselves, and I've fed the hungry. I, I feel pretty good about it all. No. Here is what he actually said. Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Now, if you think I'm being self-righteous, I want you to know that I am the worst sinner you could ever meet. I have not been innocent in my life of the sins I've talked about today. Many years ago, God made it clear to me that the only answer for me was repentance and public confession. It was not an easy time in my life. It was a time of pain and grief, but it was necessary. It is the only remedy for sin. Let me finish with this verse from 2 Corinthians 7.10. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Repentance comes from grief over sin, sin that has offended the holiness of God. Repentance involves sorrow, but true repentance leads to salvation. It leads to deliverance and freedom. May God grant us the spirit of repentance in our land today. Dear Lord, please 
by your Holy Spirit, bring deep conviction of sin on our land, beginning in the pulpit, then the pews, and across this nation. Turn our eyes to the blessed cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered for our sins and who is our only salvation in his precious name. Amen. If you would like to contact me, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God bless you.